right lads there we go so welcome everyone to our 440 hertz podcast you know what this is uh, exciting I know that this idea came to us uh, just a couple of days ago, but I've been excited for this for a couple of years now, actually. So 440 Hertz podcast, why did we choose uh, such a name? It's uh, the most common topics we're going to discuss are going to be music, maybe Estonian music, because uh, I am currently in to Estonia, so I, I do listen to Estonian music quite a lot, and uh, I have a lot of a lot of things to say about it as well quite an interesting topic I don't think it's discussed enough so uh, music and obviously 440 Hertz also has to do with acoustics so science because science is also quite a common topic that we are going to touch upon and uh, so Nikita introduce yourself how are you connected to music and to science all right all right all right so uh, my musical journey began when um... When my father showed me two guitar chords and i thought that was boring as uh, but uh but but i discovered youtube the, the the power of youtube it's it's uh, so exciting that you can learn basically anything using internet these days alongside kitchens and porn you can also get something useful out of internet Exciting, right? So well, I... there goes there there goes my saying about we should use the bad words as uh, as little as possible. There it goes. There it goes. First oh, in four right. minutes, and there we go. There we there we are. Well done. Oh, um, okay. Should, should I see myself out? Okay. Uh, and what's your what's your connection to science, mate? Science. Uh, let me finish the music story. So, anyways, we um, I play guitar. I play double bass, and um, uh, I like it. I. I, I I find peace when I can express myself musically. Uh, connection to science, lads. Uh, I've been uh, into physics since I was 15, and currently I'm studying theoretical physics in Bristol. Uh, and I'm uh, currently working uh, with CERN on a particle trap project. So the idea is that I do sci-fi shit. I levitate antimatter in uh, electromagnetic fields. Uh, and that's what I do for a living. Right, well, uh, yeah, if uh, I'm gonna get back to music side uh, of my story, I've been doing this for, for 17 years and started off uh, by playing piano, mostly jazz. And uh, me and Nikita and a couple of other mates, uh, we started a jazz band somewhere in high school called the Freeloaders, wonderful band. We still have some bangers and maybe some bangers coming uh, on the way as well have a lot of different stories and a lot of fun stories that we can tell about freeloader days but uh, obviously this hopefully this will not be the only podcast we'll make so i think all those stories will be and should be told in the next uh, couple of uh, in the next couple of meetings uh, plenty but, of cool stories to talk about that's for sure oh yeah that's uh, that's undeniable uh, but uh, if we go into continue with the music side of things, then uh, I've been rapping for four years and we are starting our new jazz fusion project named Olivia Black, me and Nikita together. And that is the project that we are going to discuss further, I think in every podcast, because we have a lot of different stuff coming up uh, and coming out very soon. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, every week there is something new happening there. So lots of things to share with you guys. The project and, um... is moving mad. Yeah, and what about uh, uh, you, Daniel? Uh, you have a certain uh, connection to science as well, don't you? Yeah, well, 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 this man right on the other side of the screen is is a 
pretty much a scientist because he's working with with CERN and I am completely on the other side of the spectrum I am connected to science but uh, I do work in a science center so I'm uh, if the man is actually doing real science then I am just telling people how cool science is but not doing science myself uh, so you're so, a Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of guy I'm a Neil deGrasse Tyson you tell people, oh, the universe is amazing, man. And then you show explosions and stuff, don't you? Exactly, exactly. So like uh, kids who will come to the science center, they will see this uh, science theater show and they'll be like, wow, chemistry is all about this color changes and explosions and the cool reactions. And they, then they uh, turn 18, 19, they go into university and like, this mother and uh yeah, uh, that's, that's basically what I do. So I'm somehow connected to science and obviously I'm uh, still interested in what's happening in the modern science and mostly, mostly chemistry. So I can speak about, about chemistry side of things when we're going to discuss some topics and the man uh, on the other side of the screen can talk more about physics and maths physics, yeah. physics, and astronomy. Maths, astronomy, yeah, the, these are the, 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 the triplets um, uh, I, I can talk about. Yeah. Lots of things. And uh, basically, apart from music is science, we are also best friends. And that's why we have lots of different random topics that we can discuss. Let's go. And uh, that is why random topics are going to be discussed as well. If something we deem very fun to talk about, then we'll just talk about it freely, not caring about the backlash that we can receive. So uh, shall we start? With, shall we start? Uh, yes. Uh, and I'm, uh, um, so Daniel, um, have you have you listened to any new albums um, recently? Oh, that's such a good question. All right, we came in prepared. Don't worry, we came in prepared. Yeah. yeah. So uh, recently, uh, I think one of the most talked about uh, albums or releases in the recent days has been the new album by this Estonian rapper called uh, Willem Drillem. Willem Drillem. Drillem. That's right. Can you be his hype man? Maybe? Okay, yeah, I, I can be his. Uh, how's it called? Like the, the person who dresses up in the in a costume on a football field. <laughs> the uh, mascot. The mascot. The mascot. I can be Willem Drillem's mascot. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. The, maybe you should write an email. But as he stated in his first song, he doesn't respond to emails. Anyway, oh, really? uh, yeah. Well, well that's I, I, a shitty communication. Yeah. Well, at least not to girls. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Right, before I begin uh, wrecking into the album, because uh, uh, with all due respect, I, I didn't think this album was the best one in his discography. And uh, well, this was his first one, so he definitely has time to recover. Uh, but uh, before I begin, just uh, going in depth, the first thing that I want to speak about is a bit about Estonian music uh, as a whole, because this is quite obviously Estonia also has uh, only has 1.3 million people living in it so like the the audience is not that huge for Estonian music and that's why like everyone who does music here like they know each other right they're very interconnected and uh, it can be a good thing because like everybody knows everyone and like let's go let's do music together but also this brings in the negative point that it's so small that there are no music critics so like everyone who releases music is just releasing it and they're like a couple of friends or just even the bigger audience are always like oh this is such a cool track yeah you did well so there are no bold guys with glasses uh making track reviews and album reviews and giving uh points out of 10. exactly exactly no no such guys there are no uh 
Anthony Phantom. Uh, no, Anthony Phantom, sadly, in Estonia. Uh, but uh, and I don't want to be that Estonia guy. Raptano. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy because uh, even though I think I'm uh, well, I, I can speak quite interestingly about the music side of things. Uh, I I do speak Estonian quite well. However, uh, that is not my mother tongue. Hence, uh, some of the lyrics are just going over my head and maybe they're very cool. So maybe I'm not the best man for the job, but nobody else does it. So uh, at least in this podcast, sometimes I would go uh, in depth in different albums. And you know what, Willem, if you're listening to this, I don't know how well uh, are you taking criticism. I hope that uh, this is not an ill will from my side. I'm going to just take a back seat on, on, on this ride. So you're going to be the driver. I'm going to just... Enjoy the journey and and uh, listen your opinion because uh, I feel I feel like you, uh, it's um, it's the topic you are more specialist in. So I'm gonna just enjoy it. All right. Well, you listen to it, yeah, because I have a lot of things to say, uh, and uh, that's a good thing. Even if I didn't enjoy the album as much as I would have wanted to, uh, I think even the like slightly negative criticism uh, criticism is not not bad in the sense that. I think we're going to speak about Estonian mentality in listening to music uh, maybe further down the line, but people don't care. <laughs> they don't give a crap. And in my opinion, like if I release a track, then I would rather receive negative criticism, not like just your, your crap and your shit, other different racial slurs, uh, but uh, if they give me some negative feedback, then I'm, I'd rather receive that than just, I didn't care. Because at least in the first, uh, like, in the first uh, scenario, you at least know what you can improve, and I think that's quite important. What do you think about it? I didn't listen, did you? Anyway. Oh, no, I, I did. I did. I, 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 I wasn't sure if you're asking me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Because, for example, uh, I, I suppose this thing goes for uh, even outside uh, the music. Uh, for example. W- when I, for example, if I'm working together with other people on some science project and everybody would be just hyping each other, oh, that's good, man, you're doing great, then uh, nobody, no, nothing will be improving, right? And um, and it was for me a bit of a shock when uh, I was doing my first uh, science placement last summer that um, well, when you do work, you you, uh, you have to get used to receiving uh, criticisms uh, only because the uh, for, from your supervisor and so on because that's that's the way things are more efficient uh and and then and then at the end of the journey you can uh pat yourself on the back and and, and then you can relax and 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 uh and and think oh i did a great job and, and receive that but uh on during the journey it's very important to for someone to shit on your work to um and to uh, pro- provide ideas how to improve on it. So um, I'm uh, assuming that uh, uh, th- this is the aim of uh, Daniel's talk today. Yeah, well, uh, so once again, I hope you're fine with taking a little bit of criticism. I think you're you're a cool lad. I've, I've seen some, some of your interviews and your appearances on Estonian television and in some YouTube series as well. So, uh, and a couple of your tracks like Nia and Sol and Evarska, I, I think they're, I think they're mint. I think they're very I cool. Verska. Verska is a good watcher. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, I, I, actually, I actually went to Gananda uh, Verge, but I, I went to the uh, original place where Verska is produced. You can swim there. 
and, and drink basket in the sinks you can literally fill the glasses with uh with the mineral water and drink it yeah <laughs> no, one, we... one of one of these things was so bad it was it it tasted like piss but oh. uh apparently it's healthy apparently it's healthy well yeah uh i haven't tried it so i cannot say anything about it but if we get to the to the album and i can go track by track because first of all this is uh, like a debut album of his which is only eight songs and it's uh 22 minutes so i don't know for me it's rather well first off a mixtape and i'll tell you the reasons as to why and second of all it's uh, rather an ep if it consists of eight songs but i mean that's uh, that's just stereotypical music for me so if it is a debut album it might be a debut album as well but the album starts off with uh drillem which is uh, his uh, first track on here and uh, i think the production if i'm not mistaken is and made it's by not real music Whoa, whoa, whoa! Unexpected. Well, well, actually, no. The, the first, the first, yeah, the album itself is not a drill album, but uh, this is the first song is like kind of with a drill, uh, drill based, and like the first beat and after the beat switch as well. It's it's still drill music, but uh, it's it's kind of average because uh, I mean drill music. I think it originated in in UK and then New York also has the huge drill fan base and all of the musicians doing it there. And like out of all the drill beats there are, this just I don't know somewhere in the middle of the scale. It's not bad. It's not it's not great. It's like it's somewhere in the middle. And uh, if I'm gonna be honest, the hook on the on Drillem is ah I don't know. It does nothing for me because because the first verse is kind of cool, right? It has the has the energy there because drill obviously should have the energy. And then we come to the hook and it just takes it away. I don't know. It, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work with such kind of track. And um... so I, I guess I would like to ask you a question because I'm myself not a very educated uh, uh, musician with regards to the hip hop scene. And um, so, what what are the signatures of um, of drill music? Well, drill drill music. Uh, I'm just getting into it myself. I just know that uh, the UK and New York are the two main. Uh, parts of the world where where drill music is currently very popular, and it's basically mostly the the samples which are kind of ambient and the drum patterns as well. It's very like precise. So the hi hats, for example, trap music, you can instantly see that it's trap music. It's if it's like like you can sense it's trap, right? Very drill, intense hi hats. Very intense hi hats. That's right. And drill music also has like the intense hi hats, but it just has this pattern that makes it stand out. And uh, like how the snares are allocated there, and hi how hi hats are allocated, that just makes you feel this drill music. But in the same song, in the same song, he said, uh, "My best day is your worst day," and I was like, "Wait, what?" Because I I know the line. I know the line. It's like, uh, "My worst day is your your best day," right? It's like even if I'm having the worst time of my life, it's still better than yours, right? Or like if my my uh, my worst music is your best music, right? It's like even if I'm doing crap, then it's still better than you. Which is like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm better than you, I'm right. But he he says uh, he says my best day is your worst day, which is like. Why are you self-deprecating, man? <laughs> Why are you saying that? Maybe, maybe that, that's meant... the feeling I got. Uh, well, um, I had a really quick listen this morning. Well, and uh, well, the the feeling that I got in in general that um, well, the focus of this album uh, creates a mood of more says, like depressive mood, well, 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 insecurities with regards to relationships and breakups, and um, 
so so I'm assuming that uh, he's uh, uh, that that adds up to the mood. Uh, maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe it is, but uh, there was one line. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. But but this line, okay, you you probably hasn't haven't like really listened into the lyrics, have you? What do you think of this line? Uh, well, it, it was in Estonian originally. I just translated it as best as I could in English. But it sounds, uh, they tell me put a mask on because this party is still sick. I didn't quite get it. What was the point of it? Well, it's like the party is very sick. That's why you should put a mask on. Well, <laughs> well, if the party is sick, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to uh, dance. I'm gonna I'm gonna rhyme weird things. I'm gonna be on the floor. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to eat uh, desserts covered in Nutella. I'm gonna mm. jump around and 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 perform uh, w- weird stunts. But um, uh, but no, but in the sense that this just this line is the one that stood out for me. It's like why did you have to do it like uh, some lines are just standing out and not in the best way and it's like takes away the song you're just listening yeah you have this mood and then you hear lines like ah it's still here i thought he took it out well yeah so th- this first song is <sighs> it has some energy it has something but we move on to the to the next song which is Vulovail, which is uh yeah, which is that. So it, it has a, it has a nice hook, and the verses are cool as well. I think it's uh, it's an improvement from the first one, even though uh, Willem himself told me that he didn't feel like it was like his track. He felt like that uh, it wasn't as good. Well, I think I thought it was alright, but <laughs> I like the I like the ending because uh, I don't know Nikita if you've heard if you've heard uh, like on YouTube, it's very popular right now to take songs and uh, just some random lads just take this recording. And they put the slowing down effect, sleep like bass uh, yeah, pressure, and I, reverb. I, I, I remember that part. It, it it was quite cool. Yeah. So like the slowed and reverb, and like most of the songs, like Kid Leroy, who is very popular. I think every every one of his songs is currently on YouTube as a slowed plus reverb style. And uh, Willem just decided, you know what? I'm not gonna let anybody do that. I'm just gonna put the slow down and reverb myself. Mm. So yeah, that, that was that was quite fun. I mean, it sounded alright, and. Uh, Maybe that's the point where I want to say that why I think it's not an album but a mixtape is because styles are completely messed up. Like, if it's an album, I'm going to be looking at the storyline like uh, of the lyrics and I'm going to look at uh, how does it mesh together stylistically. And this was just all over the place. We're going to get to it, but like there was uh, one full-on dubstep track, there was some pop tracks, there was drill tracks, and they were not like allocated uh, logically. It was just... Yeah, all over the place. So for me, it was rather a mixtape. The next song, uh, Ni" featuring Heleza, wonderful track. I've got nothing to say about it. The hook is wonderful. Heleza just, well, she, she never disappoints. Uh, the amount of songs that I've heard uh, from her, she's doing a great job right now. So some weird rhythms, just some weird rhythms somewhere in the middle. But I mean, if there is room for improvement, you're doing something right. And then the next one, the the track that you've sang, I think uh, the Sinuta, right? Without Sinuta. you, yeah, the, <laughs> he enjoyed it. Well, that that's the dubstep uh, track I was talking about. Again, stylistically very weird, and I think this the Sinuta, because well, you you made a little bit of fun <laughs> about it. Yeah, I, I think it it didn't work as well in this album. It was like kind of 
don't know. Maybe that's that's the one trap that I uh, one track that I would rather like. I'm I, gonna move to the next. I don't know. I in in general, um, well, I I like when people express their sad emotions and depression and uh, their uh, personal uh, life issues and so on. But I don't know. I just overall felt with, with this album and such songs as. Sinotai and so on. Um, it just felt like uh, I didn't feel that it was that genuine. Um, yeah, well, sometimes when you like express uh, such strong feelings, it's uh, it's not about the, the fact that you express because everybody can make a sad song, but it's just would you care if you listen to the sad song? And it's I think it's about the way that you how you portray those feelings because you can just say. I'm sad, I'm depressed, and uh, I feel pressed by a juice machine, right? And it's gonna be dumb, right? But you can you can say it like in a manner that, uh, yeah, everybody knows that you're feeling it this way, but like the words that you use and how you rhyme them, they like create this atmosphere. Like, yeah, it's a sad song, it's depressed, but you don't need to say it just out, out loud, you know? I think it makes for a better yeah. track. I, I don't know, for me personal, when I listen to sad songs and depressive songs for me it's i prefer when the emotion is more concentrated in the music increase the atmosphere and and uh and the lyrics are not don't say explicitly that you feel bad but rather refer to it metaphorically or uh or um uh, or rather create an, an image of of, yeah. uh, of of sad emotions i i guess for for example um Take later albums of Radiohead. They they don't. Uh, well, the singer Tom York doesn't sing uh, explicitly. I'm I'm depressed. I'm I'm experiencing a a, uh, a divorce and so on. Uh, he somehow manages manages to make it more stylistic, more smooth to cover it into layers of 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 of, uh, of poetry. And I, and I prefer it more. Uh, I prefer it to um, to just explicitly saying, "Oh, I haven't." uh felt good for a month and i'm just waiting for the month to end and uh... yeah yeah i agree i agree so if we move on to the next track uh, we're halfway halfway in the next is uh para jumper which i think it's one of the best tracks again on the album because uh, it, it has this feeling to it the beat is nice the the vocal you know even even in the parts where he's singing it's it sounds nice and uh, well, apart from the hi-hats which are i don't know they're ridiculously loud and they just bang all the way because they're very boring as well like nothing's happening in there it's just boom, 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 all, all the way through i think that could do some 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 mixing work there but uh, as a track i mean it worked it's a good 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 track there and the next one was fun because uh, the next one is speaker uh, and i don't know if you remember it from from hearing it once but did this one with with I the japanese did, was vibe. It with the chinese uh, yeah 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 with the, like with, with the asian vibes and uh like well, you don't know much about I mean, maybe not Chinese. I guess Asian general. I I shouldn't probably pin down to a certain culture because yeah. Well, well, it's strange when when Estonian producers do it with Asian vibes and know like which which culture were they inspired by. Haven't read the interviews or I guess that's I... fine. I mean, uh, that's something uh, you encounter quite often. Even if you plug into lo-fi beats to uh, to relax, to study, to and chill, to like uh, the, the the one uh, the popular live stream on YouTube. Yeah. Then uh, sometimes you, you hear Asian uh, samples there, which is which is fine, I guess. Yeah, they they work with this kind of music, and this beat was like if I if I would have heard it right as it was, I would be like, wow, this is an incredible song, like <laughs> something like different. 
but there is a problem that I've heard one track from the American uh, uh, rap artist named Gunna, who had the song uh, "Who You Foolin," which has ve- it's it's just the speaker is basically an Estonian version of Gunna's uh, "Who You Foolin." I mean, uh, I don't know if uh, I think it's Carl Killing and Boy Pepperoni who who did the the beat here. I don't know if they just listened to the "Who You Fooling" and they decide let's just make the same beat but a bit different, <laughs> and that's what happened because like it's just it's just the same song but it's just made a little bit differently. So I was like, <sighs> I don't know, I don't know how unique it was, but I mean it sounds nice production-wise. It just if I if I haven't heard the Ghana song, then I would be even like, wow, that's, this is a cool that, track. That's quite an interesting, I guess, point in music in general that sometimes you can uh, listen to different things and and hear the links between them but probably when the artists uh write music they don't they don't always steal directly stuff maybe they have listened to it like a month ago and then subconsciously they have similar idea in their head and they feel like as if this idea was of their own uh, an original idea uh so somehow uh and i'm assuming that happens in comedy and stand-up comedy as well when you hear a joke and you uh you forget about it, but subconsciously it's there at the back of your head. And then uh, when you're writing your own jokes, you uh, come up with uh, you, with something similar and you feel like it's your own invention, but it, it is not. And I think Rick Beato did a good video on it about the Justin Bieber uh, Bieber oh, yeah. song where, where, where they wrote a song using, which was very similar to Toto, song by Toto. And, uh, and, and this can happen. Uh, that so p- people uh, not always steal th- things directly, but it's very easy to be influenced by other artists. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just sometimes there you have to draw the line between like taking the inspiration or get influenced by and just <laughs> blatantly stealing something. There's a fine line. It's sometimes it's different to disguise. I'm not throwing shade at at any producers here. It just sometimes it just. It seems like it was just blatantly so stolen, but uh, if they took influence from it, like they took inspiration from it, then it's fine. And uh, we move on to the penultimate track, because the last one I don't have much to say. It was just yeah, uh, a good track, right? If you if you want my opinion on the last one and the Miskipole Igavene freestyle, yeah, it's a cool track. But the seventh one, the penultimate, ah, oh, that's the one that I was I was so looking forward to it. Because, uh, I mean, Nikita, you're not a huge fan of AST Laul, are you? I, in general, I, um, that, that's the problem. I'm not that kind of person who, who likes hot music, hot stuff. I'm, I'm that kind of guy who opens, I don't know, um, uh, listens to music that I'm just feeling like it doesn't have to be recent. It, it can't be anything. Uh, mm. Or I listen to music that is interesting to play on guitar as well. And... Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Eurovision or ASTLL and so on because uh, I I listen music not because I guess uh, I like to be a part of something hot recent that everybody listens to right now. Um, I I rather like to uh, to connect to music on a more um, uh, personal level. That um, I'm I'm not a person who listens to music in a group. I rather listen to music on my own, uh, and I guess that's somehow leads to not inject that much musical contests and so on. Hmm. Well, yeah, Estidaul is basically an Estonian Eurovision. It's like the the artist or the group, the band who wins the Estidaul, they like get to Eurovision and uh, they're presenting Estonia on there. So, right? uh, so uh, the, why did I even mention Estidaul is because I think the one of the most uh, 
one of the best songs from this year, and definitely the most unique, was uh, Yuri Potsman with his uh, song Magus Melancholia. And when I heard it, I was like, wow, this this is something different. I mean, it was, it was made with, uh, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, sorry if I'm wrong, but I think it was made with by a Ukrainian producer. Uh, and uh, I think he specializes in dubstep music as well, from what I heard. And But this was not a dubstep track. It was it's a very unique track with the vocals as well. Like in the chorus, they were like, wow, I've never heard that. Like definitely not in Estonian music ever. And that was very unique and very interesting to listen to. And so the penultimate track was uh, this same song, the Magus Penanholia, but remixed. And I was like, ooh, this could be interesting, right? Spoiler alert, it wasn't. <laughs> it was just... In my opinion, it just it just ruined the song because I was like, it's such a unique song on its own. And I think maybe if you have the time, then you can hear the original by yourself and you'll be like, yeah, you might like it, you might not, but you will definitely agree that it's, uh, it's something different. And this just put on uh, an average drill bit, a drill beat over it. And uh, I mean, Willem did a couple of verses to it somewhere in the middle and in the beginning and uh, the first verse and the hook from Magus Belanholia was just left as it was like it, it was just there Yuri didn't add anything to, to, to the song like anything new it was the same song but just made worse by the drill beat which doesn't doesn't work there and I was like god damn it like that song's remix had such uh, you know had such uh, such potential, but uh, in the end, I was just listening to it. No, no, why'd you have to ruin it? It's such a great song. So uh, I wasn't a fan of that. So overall, uh, I'm not Anthony Fontana. I'm not gonna. How, how, like... ma how many points out of ten would you give to this oh, album? God damn it! That's the one thing that I wanted to somehow. You know what? I'm uh, I'm gonna be harsh, right? I'm gonna be harsh. I'm gonna give. Uh... Well, Anthony Fontana, right? If if I was him, he would probably give it like a, a three out of ten, right? I don't know if I should be that harsh, well, but it, I think it was somewhere around four for me because uh, there were Tunnutni, Parajumper, and uh, the last freestyle uh, were probably top three for me. But like the Magus Melancholia remix, the the, the first song, the the Drillem, the what was the the Sinota, the dubstep, I, I know, I, I just didn't feel most of the tracks. And when you have four tracks or five tracks, which you like, or even, then, I mean, not not the greatest of album for me personally, but uh, I don't want this opinion to influence uh, listeners to this podcast. Definitely there won't be much, but uh, those who listen and haven't listened to the album, I think go check it out. Maybe I should have said it before, so you would go and check it out before you listen to this. But uh, form your own opinion, because uh, that is my opinion. That is how I listen to music, and uh, well, I didn't personally enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't mean that you should just uh, take this opinion and be like, if, if someone asks, well, yeah. what do you, do you think of William's new album? And you're like, well, I haven't heard it, but I heard this little review, and the band said that it yeah, was you... crap. So no, that like... is such a problem. I, I feel like... Uh... Sometimes when you watch Anthony Fantano and he disapproves of some albums, uh, that sometimes even I felt that his opinion influences me very easily. For example, I, I was really into the band named Falls, and well, and he gave not a very good. Um, uh, I, I think one of their albums he didn't give them a very high, um, high score, and so I, I was like, oh shit! And so and for 
and I stopped listening to them that much. But after that, I recovered and and uh, started listening to them again. But in general, uh, one man's opinion shouldn't influence you. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess the thing in general, what you should be aiming for when listening to music reviews is first of all discovering new music because uh th these guys listen to a lot of music so they can recommend lots of good stuff then uh then also maybe just pay attention to what exactly uh is critiqued and what uh, how they argue what is good and what is bad and not don't just copy the same opinions maybe just use the same machinery they're using for arguments mm -hmm. uh so it's it just interesting to see and hear uh, what what makes a good album so is it production is it the lyrics is it the album cover is it the uh, features and so on yeah so uh maybe there will be some cool release that we could talk about uh on the next podcast because I, I i i enjoy talking about music and uh, well not yeah. many people like i i don't have friends with whom i'm like have you listened to this new william Trillium album like no because i'm a bit uh like I'm not in the league where people listen to that kind of music. So like, I don't think anybody from with whom I speak like daily or like every week, okay. they really listen to this type of music. So I'm like kind of alone here and just, well, I have this yeah, opinion, yeah. but it's... even I can support you. Uh, I would, um, I, I feel like I'm uh, in the wrong chair right now because I'm kind of a part of, of, of the music review of his, but uh, I, I don't feel I'm in a position to, um, uh, but, put my opinion on it but uh in general i uh, uh, i guess yeah my main issue was just that i i i don't like when uh when when emotions are so explicitly said and yeah, that, yeah. That, i agree i agree yeah. right well i think uh, yeah i hope this will not influence some people badly in this sense and uh sorry mate <laughs> uh anyway uh so now we're gonna move on and we're gonna move on maybe the the topic that let's let's spend five minutes right not more because we we've talked about this album for quite a long time now oh yes uh sir. let's let's talk about estonian mentality in music like how why do s most of estonian artists just decide to you know what i'm uh, you know screw this because i've uh, i make music for like four years now and I had this multiple times in my so-called career. I didn't really promote it. I, I just I was just doing it for myself and maybe for my friends, and I was just evolving in this sense. But I had lots of different moments where I was like, you know what? People, at least in Estonia, they have this mentality. They they don't care, <laughs> and uh, I cannot blame them. It's just maybe maybe I didn't give them the reason to care, right? But uh, that's not the problem just with me, because uh, with every artist that I've spoken, who at least in Estonia, it doesn't have to be music. It uh, might be someone who does sculptures, who draws pictures. People seem to not care, right? And uh, I think this is because uh, in America or in well in UK, it's it's still better. Uh, like people are very much invested in what other, others do. But in Estonia, it's kind of a different situation. What would you yeah, say? I, um, um, I guess um, if, if we talk about Estonian mentality uh, in music in general, I could m focus more on my experience when I was playing in, um, in a Russian slash Estonian band around the sun. And, uh, and our experiences on music festivals and playing on the streets and so on. Um, I uh, maybe when talking about that people don't care in general, uh, maybe it's it might be easier to talk about that when bringing certain examples. Um, 
Well, uh, I had uh, an an example when uh, when on one hand the listeners did care, but the law did not care. So with guys from around the sun, we were playing on the streets, uh, and we played a lot, and we'll, and we managed to get uh, sometimes we managed to get nice little crowds there, like I don't know, fifty people. Uh, uh, usually less, of course. Usually it's like ten, twenty. And uh, sometimes zero. So, uh, depends depends on the day, and uh, people liked it. But uh, the thing that annoyed me uh, is uh, is the police because uh, we we're playing there, and uh, it's not just. I agree that it's illegal to play there. I agree that that's the truth. I'm I'm not gonna lie. But it's just the way how the police treats this issue of playing of, of musicians playing on the streets. So the police came there. We were playing in the uh, in the middle of a song, and well, cool. They, they waited us uh, to end the song at least. That that's props to them. That's good. Uh, and so uh, and then they arrive and 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 then they uh, start asking us documents and so on. We, we give them documents. Uh, well, the the guys were very uh, were hesitating to give them documents, but they um, decided that it's silly not not to. Uh, their reaction. I remember them saying, "Oh, get a life, go get a job." That that was was what they said, and uh, that, that just felt weird. I felt like people looked down on us because we played on the streets, as if well, they kind of, I suppose, mentally put us in the same category as the beggars on the streets. But that's not the case in most countries. That's, uh, for example, uh, when I see musicians playing in Bristol, uh, I. I'm not sure how the police treats them there. I've never seen that. That maybe that's something musicians experience only from their personal experiences, but not something that it's not something that people see on the streets. But uh, uh, well, I I didn't see many uh, buskers in Bristol, but uh, I've seen. Uh, couple of guys with little drum set and uh, with all the guitars and they lift my mood up and i definitely don't look at them as a burden of the society they they do music and that's great the there isn't a uh, an ultra uh, value which everybody should perceive everybody should be productive and so on it's yeah. fine if some people play uh, create music yeah, they're they're still artists and that's great I mean, taking um, it back to when we were playing uh, on the Virus Street, and uh, we got, uh, we were playing under the, under the house, which was like it's, it was still a street somewhere in the middle of Old Town. We were playing jazz, and we had like the quite. Uh, I cannot say that the instruments we used were quite cheap. Like this man had a double bass, which was uh, oh, larger wow. than him. Double uh, bass isn't isn't cheap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, our saxophone player had a saxophone and the saxophones you can uh, go to stanford music dot uh, ee or you know wherever and you can see how how expensive our saxophones well but, well which i couldn't say about your instrument because uh if i remember correctly you had a harmonica and, it doesn't uh, matter well, it doesn't matter it, right well that's not the point 
<laughs> that was no. the most gorgeous instrument. That was uh, the worst. Go- yeah, it was. Uh, well, I don't have it with me. Sadly, it's in a different uh, in a different venue. Well, so next time, bring it. We should yeah, jam together. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it costs fifty euros. But that is not my point. We had kind of uh, at least two of us had uh, very expensive instruments, and but the lad who was uh, living in the same house under which we have played, he didn't care. He just decided, you know what? I don't like jazz music. I, I, I don't like jazz music. I like I like I like folk music. I like country music. So you know what? The best thing he, he didn't come down like said you know what lads it's kind of you're kind of stressing me out that he thought that the most valuable of choices that he could make the most uh, the, like the first choice that he came up with was just get a bucket of water and you know like just get it to open the window and i was like you know what lads screw you and oh fuck. pour the bucket of water just over our heads over our instruments and i mean yeah. it was it was a great stunt because the crowd that we had there they were like wait what happened and yeah. wait we were like also oh, wait what happened but we just we just <laughs> i liked our reaction because it was like we were all like what the fuck just occurred but we were still like yeah let's just continue playing we don't that was a, a nice refreshment on a uh on a on a hot sunny day yeah it was summer as well so it was like yeah we're fine but the it cro- wasn't that crowd much I, I remember it was like a little drizzle like uh yeah, we thought it was a bird, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Luckily, the bird, the birds wouldn't be uh, as, as pleasant. I, oh, the yeah. same thing happened to me when I played with a uh, son when we bust uh, with them as well. I think it's when we play on at the end of the very street. There is what that particular window where <laughs> that person leaves, and and that person has very specific methods how to deal with musicians on the streets. He figured out the way. He figured out the way how you should deal with such such plebs, such uh, awful humans. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, coming back to <laughs> art and Sony, yeah, like sometimes maybe people think like, oh wait, but he does music or like he, he he's drawing or like he, he does some other art form, which is like, eh. for a lot of us, like I can speak for myself and for I think a lot of other artists, which are also like young, uh, it's uh, we are not doing this 24 seven. Like uh, for some people it's like, oh, well, they just, do music, huh? You know, screw them. Well, no, I have a full-time job. A lot of uh, other artists, they still have a full-time job and or they study, which also takes a lot of their time, efforts, and, you know, uh, just will <laughs> to live. Uh, and uh, it's, they, still found, uh, they still find this time to, like, do something that other people, uh, like, don't have the power of, or the time or the will to do. Which like we have the full time jobs, we study, but we still you know find the times in the evening. Sometimes it's just an all nighters where we just you know I know I have to make some instrumentals to just get better at this thing, and then you you're making this, you're doing this in your free time, like except like not playing like video games. I'm not saying that you shouldn't play video games. It's a great it's chilling method. You can do anything. Exactly, but it's just the way that it's looked upon as like, oh, they're just doing music. No, we're doing this in our free times and we're trying to evolve as much as we can. And uh, when it doesn't bring any results, then you're like, you know what, why am I even doing this? And uh, like this lack of interest, this lack of care from others, I think that's that's the main, that's the main uh, reason as to why some artists just you know, lose their will to do it, and they just, you know, I'm gonna quit. It's, it's important to be supported by people, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess in general, that's an interesting question. I And I think it's not only issue in Estonia, I think that's a common issue in the world. Why are arts looked down upon? Why uh, aren't they lo- looked at as um, as something 
valuable, as valuable as a software engineering or or being a lorry driver. Yeah, well, somewhere I saw a uh, there was some kind of a table of uh, how much money do governments pay to artists, and I was surprised because I didn't know this concept even existed. Like person who who de- does music, person who draws, person who does different uh, like uh, again sculptures or different uh, arts, right? Uh, they receive monthly payments from the government. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, in France. If you're just dealing with music, then you have this additional budget to be able to do this. And sometimes money can be a, you know, a great influencer in this sense that, you know, yeah, I have this, then I can do that. But you don't have that. Estonian governments don't even think about it. It's it was zero on the table, and I mean, I never know, as I never knew this concept existed. There's, I mean, that's how it is. So are you saying that in France you receive a monthly support because you're an artist? Exactly, exactly. And it's not only in France, it's in different countries. I, I haven't researched it for this podcast. That's why I don't want to get in depth in it. I can research yeah, yeah. it for the next one and we can... Joe Rogan would have a... I think uh, he has a guy named Jeremy. I'm, I'm not sure. And he fact-checks everything uh, very fast. Yeah, we should have a Jeremy. We should have a Jeremy. A Jeremiah. Uh, Nikita. Right. Well, let's, let's... <laughs> ah, let's Saxophone not... player uh, who, who played with us when we get... Uh spilled with yeah. water. well his his picture will be on the top left of the screen anyway uh, yeah. <laughs> i think i'm gonna leave him i'm gonna ask him but i'm gonna leave him quick shout out to nikita Korsen, the right. craziest saxophone player in estonia that's right book him lads book him lads don't he is he's uh, uh, usually very often booked when it's not covid of course yeah don't make him lose passion lads he's very young very talented don't make him lose passion anyway we have three minutes to speak about, let's get uh, 180 seconds uh, of speaking about Olivia Black. You say your 90 seconds. My 90 seconds. Okay, Olivia Black. The uh, me and Daniel, we make music together. I play uh, atmospheric, moody uh, guitar uh, with with reverb and delay, and because uh, these effects are cool, and uh, we add 808s bass. Uh, kick drum, and then uh, we add some samples on top of it. Of it, Daniel adds some jazzy chords, and then you get this uh, this atmosphere. So it's, uh, we make instrumental music. We add some solos on, on it, on top of it. We also plan to make uh, some features with vocals. Check it out on Spotify. This project itself, yeah, it, it began a couple of months ago, if I'm not mistaken, where we started thinking about the character, we started thinking about the, the ideas that we want to express musically. And what I enjoy about this project is that, uh, for example, when I'm, when I'm rapping, right, I have this uh, kind of, uh, not the ceiling, but I have those walls, the ceiling and the floor is like, where could I move? In the sense that you have to have drums, like in a in a track, you have to have a kick drum, a snare drum, a hi hat, and uh, you have a ha- uh, you have to have like the verses, the chorus. Of course, you can alternate a little bit, but you have those templates, which if you don't follow that, it will be like, hey, what what was that, right? So you have this uh, something to follow. But in the Olivia Black project, it's obviously jazz fusion, and it's named uh, a jazz fusion project uh, for for a reason in the sense that the word fusion means that we can do jazz but we can also do whatever 
we want. <laughs> and that also uh, breaks... You can yeah. mix jazz with anything. Exactly. Mix jazz yeah. with farts and, uh, and, yeah. and verbs. And that, that would be jazz fusion. That would be jazz fusion. Exactly. And uh, what I like about this project is uh, just complete freedom. Like, you can just try different things. You can experiment fully and you can, like... Okay, jazz... It's a music where, like, uh, you don't even play drums with uh, drumsticks. You play it with brushes, right? So you have this going for it. We're like, you know what? What's the popular sound right now that we enjoy? Let's take the booming 808s from the popular rap music. And, like, let's just put the 808s there. And, yeah, it's there now. <laughs> and uh, it yeah. works. You just experiment and you, like, put the sound yeah. that you like. And I think the f uh, just what we have done now is already like on the level that I would really want to promote it, like maybe spending some money on it as well, because this is something that people might enjoy. It's obviously, uh, I can't say it's experimental music, because most of the times experimental music is equivalent to, right? <laughs> but in this sense, ex experimental music is obviously in a good sense. If we just conclude our Olivia Black topic, Olivia Black is mostly just the sophisticated, sophisticated sex, sex music. music. That's right, which is also jazz fusion. So it would be this sophisticated jazz fusion sex music. And the S-J-F-S-M. That's how we're going to call it. Uh, B-D-S-M? What? Uh... No, what? No, I said different letters. I think you misheard something. Whoopsie doopsie. I made a whoopsie. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with you that... Uh... That's one of the things I enjoy doing with you is that we can experiment, we can argue, and we can uh, do anything we want, and there is no restrictions. The chances of if some, someone proposes an idea and that, that one is going to say, that is sh uh, yeah, that, happens, that, that happens, but very rarely. I think the, the fact that we're also like best friends like lets us uh, be quite open with each other, because yeah. when you're There's playing no, like, with a band... Boundaries. Yeah, yeah, because you're when you're playing like with I don't when you're doing it with producers, right? Who you don't really know, you're like, okay, I like your track. You cannot just say, yo, mate, <clears throat> those snares, right? They were mixed uh, poorly. They were mixed like sh so. Uh, you're not gonna, not gonna do that. No, you're gonna write a um, email which is like, uh, you know what, the snare sample that you used might be changed because I don't feel like the the, the overall vibe of it. No, but here is like, yeah, we don't need to write those emails. We can just uh, yeah. chat each other. You know what? Nah, 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 your guitar is shit. You should buy a new one, right? But <laughs> that's not the case because the guitars are expensive. Yeah. Let's uh, in general, that's um, I. That's what I was. I think I was missing in Around the Sun is that I there wasn't enough room for uh for experiments. And in general, I just felt like I learned guitar for. But uh, by that time when I joined Around the Sun, I learned guitar. I played guitar for like five years, and when I joined them. So little, uh, well, on the streets, uh, I could use most of my skill, but uh, when we played on stage or, or in rehearsals, I just played basic chords and I felt like, oh, I, I really want to, I have some ideas and some skills which I want to ex express, but they don't really fit, fit the style. And there is there are boundaries to experiment. And then there, there is that uh, Danny, the son who, like the main guy who, uh, well, it was cool playing with him and he had very good, ideas uh where to move uh the, the overall big picture of the band and well he was very good at organizing like going to festivals and preparing for that stuff that was great for approaching him for that but in musically i just felt uh that he was setting uh too many boundaries and that and because of this 
I think that also affected the songwriting, and because of this, the songwriting is so slow, and the, and even now they output quite little, uh, new, not so much new music, and I think this is because they uh, have too strict boundaries on what they can do, and it is also limited by. Well, the, the other two guys in around the sun are 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 skilled like Daniel uh, uh, Daniel Kotelevich and Martin Bashkatov. They're like uh, they uh, I think they're uh, quite skilled. But uh, Danny the sun he focuses he focuses more on the uh, on on the overall picture on how the band should look like the 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 clothes the uh, the photos and uh, I feel like if he would. If he would play, uh, spend more time on his technique and developing his style, which I know he is doing right now, which is great. And uh, but I feel if he started this earlier and would put more time into this, then that would shift the boundaries and make him experiment. That would increase his vocabulary, how to increase, uh, how to Im Im uh, innovate and create a, a new things when when he's recording music and uh, playing on stage. And I think uh, that would also help them to to write new stuff more efficiently yeah so no, that, uh, my point is that um just uh it, it is playing uh scales and stuff seems boring but if you have the, the fundamentals there the basic the basics there then uh as an emergent phenomenon you will have more larger vocabulary to express yourself yeah, I agree. That's that was a, a great monologue that uh, I fully agree with. It is believed that protons are stable, but they might not be. Uh, but if they're unstable, then it's it's probably longer than the their lifetime is longer than the life of the whole universe. And so there's I'm your science fact for the week. The proton. There's your science fact for the week, ladies and gentlemen. But here we, we go. We move on to our weekly segment. With the first one being Mount Rushmore. Here's the graphic. There we go. So Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah, what's what's this weekly segment is about is uh, both of us are going to choose two things that uh, happened in the last week that we definitely need to talk about, which... Uh, you probably have Mount Rushmore now uh, written somewhere on the top. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Fancy exactly. effects. Woo! Exactly, exactly. So uh, I think we're going to start with you, then we're going to move on to me, and then your second pick, and then mine. So uh, okay. uh, uh, I forgot what I said five seconds earlier. Who's going to begin? Okay, so I can I shall begin then. And, Go ahead. Uh, well, is it is it two Mount Rushmore two random things from this week? Sure, buddy. Um, Start oh, with the first one. Yeah, I've, I've, I've one seen minute. the American uh, the movie American History X. It's a great movie. Okay, a great film, and uh, it, it basically uh, it is a movie about a neo-Nazi uh, guy who. Uh, and how his decisions and life affect his family, family, and uh, especially his brother, and how easily his brother is oppressed by uh, by these ideas. But then he goes to jail, and uh, and he changes as a man, and uh, and and then uh, how he how does he, he turn his life around after? he uh, decides not to follow uh, the, the Nazi ideology. And the, fil the film, the, it, it is a great film because uh, it is interesting to see that 
pe- people's belief in abstract ideas such as any any political ideologies it could be communism fascism nazism or or or, or even even something uh simpler even i i i i especially in bristol i i see uh there there are some students are really buying into the idea of marxism and communism and um and in general it seems to me that the the it is not it is interesting to pin down what causes people to pursue very abstract ideas in their lives and usually you can pin this down to some issues in the family and uh, this film portrays that it uh, the his pursuit of nazism stemmed from his uh relationship with his father and uh and sometimes i when i think about myself also I uh, why I do physics and why do I buy into this uh, idea or, or I, I, I used to when I started doing physics I, I, I was believing as if I'm pursuing something great and lost, uh, with great meaning uh, and uh, that there is no question why you, you shouldn't uh, sacrifice yourself to pursue the, the ideal of science but um, my opinion has changed in time and uh, in general, right now, I'm just trying to to, to focus on it, just enjoying the thing, and uh, I just enjoy the creative process when you just sit down and and throw your thoughts on the paper. The, 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 it's it's uh, it's just nice to play around with ideas. But uh, the thing I'm trying to say that when in general, when people pursue abstract ideas, it's interesting to ask them or ask yourself, where does this come from? Because it is not natural for people to uh, assume that it is obviously they should pursue this abstract idea. Usually, it's related to some emotional, emotional point. And I think, with me personally, also the reason why I started doing physics also can be pinned down to some childhood emotional parts. And uh, although I'm not quite sure where exactly. Uh, I, I don't have a 100% clear picture how it happens, but I'm sure that the motivation for what we're doing and stems from uh, something very personal and intimate. And, and yeah. th- th- this is what, what this film portrays uh, b- b- perfectly, how, uh, how just an, uh, a relationship with the father makes you believe, uh, and, and a tragic loss in your family can lead to uh, hate uh, to uh, increased hatred. I'm gonna put on my uh, as my first face on the rock of Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna put Rocket League, uh, a game, a yeah. video game uh, that is uh, com- the, uh, for me. It's currently the best video game there there is. It's very simple, right? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's um, football, right? Or for Americans, soccer, I guess, but we call it football. The the the, the regular people, uh, we call it football, and uh, it's football with cars, right? So you drive a car, and there is a huge ball, and you have to score it in the opponent's net. The idea is so simple, right? But it's executed perfectly. And even though the game was released, if I'm not mistaken, in 2015, and currently it's 2021. There was a period in my life where I didn't play it or where I played it very, very sporadically. But now, again, I'm playing it uh, quite often and uh, it brings so much fun because uh, you can play with... I'm playing with my brother and it obviously it brings a lot of emotions out of you. It brings anger because uh, when you're playing 3v3 and you don't know who your third teammate is, all the blame falls on him or her. 
and uh, even if you just completely missed the ball, no, I faked it. I faked. I faked it. The, the third opponent is the crap one. So that's fun. It brings anger. It brings if you're scoring a wonderful duo, it just brings yes, let's go. So like all the emotions are just in a video game, and I think it's a brilliant, brilliant game. So you, your second offering, please. Nice. Keep it uh, simple. Keep it simple. I, 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 am gonna do it simple. I, uh, just gonna quickly comment. I played this game once with you, and it, uh, it was quite fun. Although I'm not a big football fan, but I, I can totally see why it can be addictive. So uh, I, uh, last weekend I went uh, out with my Greek friend Gary, and uh, uh, he treated me with a Greek, uh, a traditional Greek food. So in Bristol, you can see there is plenty of international cuisine uh, uh, food uh, food stalls or restaurants and um, uh, there is such a place called Taka Taka and they make uh, excellent Greek food and he treated me with skepasti. it's like you, you get a box with uh, with Greek sandwiches with, with uh, and and with chips and what it was just a, a great time we played chess and we we uh, I was introduced to Greek food. All right, so so Greek food is your your offering, right? Yeah, that's my offering. Greek food, random week, nice. Uh, nice. random thing uh, last week. All right, very cool, very cool. Well, uh, my last thing that I would uh, want to throw some light on, right, and the the last one in this segment is going to be a, a lad who I discovered through TikTok. Right, and he is from Estonia, and he does Estonian raps because this is a bit of a music podcast. So I'm trying to somehow get into topic, uh, get the topic back to music. So his name is is Romes. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, it's uh, spelled as Romes underscore RP at least on YouTube, and I think his Instagram handle is is the same. You can find him here uh, there. Uh, but uh, yeah, just wanna if if there are some people, at least if I'm gonna bring uh, just a pair of eyes. Onto his, uh, onto what he's doing, I'm gonna be happy with myself because he's doing some good stuff. Like he did some freestyles on on TikTok, which just rapping. The quality is obviously like the just the telephone speaker, but uh, or the 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 phone uh, microphone, so it's not the best. But I mean, you can still hear that the man, <laughs> the lad, the uh, the lad has skills, and uh, he's speaking that uh, he's doing that, and obviously he released some some tracks as well, which. Uh, which requires some work, again, I'm going to be very critical about it, but uh, I mean, the lad is just starting out his, his so-called career in, in music, and I think if uh, we're going to support a local artist and uh, not just, uh, you know, not care about what people are doing, I think he is, uh, well, uh, today in this segment, yeah, so he and uh, him what and his, his name? music... Was it Romes? It was Romes, yeah, and uh, he released a couple of tracks that uh, some of them I enjoyed, some of them I enjoyed a little bit less, but uh, I think the fact that he's doing all of that is quite cool. And I think uh, if everything goes well for him, uh, then uh, I think he can be uh, the next the next big thing here in Estonian rap community. So only only good vibes I'm sending to him. You continue doing what you do and good, uh, good luck. Good luck to you. Let's go. All right. So let's move to the to the next segment. Let's move. Which. Uh, I, I, how how much time have you got, uh, Nikit? Uh, I I'm I'm quite easy right now. My my plans ha have changed, so uh, wow. so right. well, we can keep talking. Don't worry. That's ridiculously good. Right. So the next segment that we're gonna try is again. I'm don't trying think. to. I, I, I might uh, go and take a if you don't mind. Right now. 
Yes, in, in front of the camera. Do you want me to take the last? No, one? no, no. You go. You go where you need to go. Uh, I can do a, a, ho a house tour. No, 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 no. No, just okay. you go. You go. You go for okay. for your deeds. Okay. Right. Well. I'm gonna entertain the crowd. Yeah, so I'm gonna speak a little bit about this uh, podcast. Obviously, I could make just a cut here and uh, cut it back here again when he comes uh, back. But I think I'm gonna take this pause to just uh, speak about why this idea came about. And I think, uh, obviously, I'm also one of the, the artists, right, who does music and sometimes uh, not sometimes, most of the times, uh, I like this feedback, right, of people just not caring. And this is the problem that a lot of musicians uh, are facing right now. And the fact that we cannot perform somewhere in the restaurants, bars and, you know, venues makes it even even harder to somehow get the audience, you know, entertain people, have the good emotions. So I'm just thinking, I'm just trying out whatever I enjoy doing, because uh, if, you, if you won't start doing, for example, try to do a YouTube video, you're never gonna be a YouTuber, not because you want it or not because it's your destiny. It's You've never tried it and you don't know how much would you enjoy it. Like, you can try it. If you don't enjoy it, then I'm fine. Uh, oh, the man is back. Yeah, so that's why, that's why the podcast, we just started it to see how it's gonna go. And, uh, well, for now, how it went till this moment, I enjoyed it way, very much. And that's why we're gonna continue doing it. Let's make a face for a thumbnail right now. Three, two, one. <laughs> the man went for the for the da baby thing. Nice. <laughs> I do, I just can't stop the da baby convertible. I mean, it, oh god, it's just killing me. You should have sent da baby to Mount Rushmore today. Oh yeah. Oh god. Well, that, you can leave it. I'm you can leave it for the last. Convertible. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can leave it for the next week and introduce even more audience. It's gonna that. be old by the next week, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, damn it. That's fine. It's right, gonna, gonna be the same as Sheesh is for, for this week. Next week, uh, it's gonna let's be old. go. It's going to be old. Yeah. Memes all age very quickly. The segment's name is Back to School, right? Graphic flashing now. Beautiful. <laughs> so, so now, yeah. You, you're ahead. like the, you know, some stand up comedians go on a stage and they, uh, and, and they tell, oh, I'm gonna tell you three more jokes and then go away. And they were saying, oh, that's the structure. Yeah, yeah. Well, Let's that's smart. Go. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, back to school, where we're gonna just uh, do a uh, a common tier oh, man, list. I hated school. Fuck. All right. <laughs> what a start. No, but uh, the back to school. Although yeah. I'm I'm a physics nerd and maths and astronomy nerd, but man, I hated school. Oh god. I mean, I mean, the school is a great place to socialize and uh, and and get exposed to the multitude of ideas that are taught in school but man it's so quite often school is quite inefficient in learn in teaching you stuff and uh i also felt um uh just it's very easy to get uninspired in school because of uh, of how forced the the whole the whole procedure of uh, of studying in school is but it's so guys if you're currently at school and you think that maths, physics, or any subject sucks, the moment you start doing this on your own and reading extra stuff and trying to actually understand things and think critically, question things, what you read, that is going to drive you. And uh, you can enjoy any subject if you, if you really, uh, if you really uh, put efforts into reading extra 
that because that's what made me fall in love with physics. It wasn't really the school, although I had great physics teachers and math teachers. But what made me love in particular was the stuff I did outside school, uh, the the things I was reading extra and trying to think critically how the universe works. What's the intuition? Why is this formula true? When does it apply? And trying to think actively that that what makes you engaged. And that makes you feel like you're inventing physics for your own, although it, it's all, it was already invented. And um, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that you can love, fall in love with anything if you put extra effort into it. But the problem is that school doesn't offer that independent learning. It's more like feeding you and forcing you all, 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 all the all the knowledge, and it, and you don't feel as if you're inventing something new. It just feels like. Uh, I'm just gonna sit here and listen to this old woman talk, and uh, then I'm gonna go away, and I don't care. I'm gonna go. Uh, the, the 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 greatest thing is the lunch break, and then I'm gonna have uh, fun with my classmates if they don't bully me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree, because uh, for me it was uh, it was the same in the sense that, for example, uh, the chemistry started in the eighth grade. And uh, I was like, oh, God, what is that? Like, and in the ninth grade, I decided to just, uh, why not? There was uh, the competition, right? The chemistry competition between uh, different Estonian schools. Now, those who who study here or have studied here, they know what it is, like yeah, Olympiad, yeah? Olympiad, yeah. In English, there is no word Olympiad. It means something completely well, different, by the way. Well, they have the British, uh, I think so, they may have, they have the mathematical Olympiad and so on. It's still a word for competition, but the thing is that in the UK, th these competitions aren't that popular. So yeah. right now in Bristol, I'm studying at the Bristol University and uh, I've met very small amount of people just a few just i can count them on fingers who how who actually know what olympiads are yeah so but in estonia they're quite they're quite widespread so I, only after i went there like uh, for this competition in chemistry and i discovered wait chemistry tasks could be quite interesting and uh, like because uh, they're obviously harder because it's a competition like between chemistry students who know what they're doing and i, I at that point hard enough to be able to distinguish who's uh, stronger and weaker in, in terms of chemistry. Yeah, but but the, the fact that they're more difficult, it also makes them more interesting in the sense that yeah. uh, you have to actually apply logic and you actually, well, you have to know some stuff, obviously, but mostly it's just, just logic. You can't just plug in the numbers into a single equation and get the answer. You can't really write down something that was written in a textbook. You have to invent on, on spot. Yeah, and only then, like in ninth grade, I was like, wait, this could be actually interesting. I'm going to like search for some more tasks, just do chemistry myself. And then I fell in love. And ever since, I was, uh, I have this love-hate relationship with chemistry, right? But still, out of all the subjects, uh, oh, I'm going to spoil the weekly segment. But yeah, out of all the subjects and out of all the, all the sciences, uh, chemistry is the one that I was like... Yeah, this is this is what I like. This is what I like the most. Yeah, well, well so I guess that's the that's this, the point where we can transition to the back to school segment. Yeah, uh, so the, uh, uh, tiers uh, list, and so I can also give my two cents on chemistry, and uh, so I guess that's not the objective list. That's the, uh, uh, the that's the personal opinion. The problem with chemistry for me was that um, I I was focusing mainly. Uh, so I, when I was 15 years old, I, uh, I decided clearly, oh man, I want to do physics for life. That's, that's like my, my thing. I'm, uh, that seems to, uh, 
to, to be valued in the society that seems to uh, in the future provide enough money that, that that's but most importantly that's something that's i like spending time thinking about I, I like the abstract mathematical concepts involved in physics and the intuitive thinking how you can imagine different the physical ideas in your head for example a pendulum oscillating or you can think of uh when you uh, try to uh, imagine particle detectors how how they detect different stuff or what's the, what are the constituents of the matter how things bond together in crystals and so on so that's very interesting and that made me drive uh, but chemistry i uh so somehow in school i didn't feel very connected to it and uh, the problem i guess is that um uh, I wasn't naturally good in chemistry. Um, I, I was you're like, not. Okay. You're not made out of the same chemicals as I am, I suppose. Then, <laughs> Jesus, uh, but we're, we're built, but physically different. That's right. That's right. And uh, the the uh, yeah, um, but so, and also the, it, with chemistry, I I studied in two different schools. And in uh, in another school, uh, I, I I started in Russian school first, and then I transitioned into the Estonian school, to the Estonian school. And in in Russian school, I guess chemistry was uh, like fine in terms of difficulty, but I didn't really feel that engaged. It seemed to me that it it's, it involved more memorization than physics to me. It felt like. Um, uh, first we were memorizing the periodic table and then uh, different equations and so on but actually uh it, it, as i remember it, it involved uh, uh, a lot of conceptual thinking as well i guess the problem with chemistry was exactly what i described to you earlier is that i didn't spend time aside to school stuff thinking about it separately so i wasn't as a, a invested into this yeah so for, for me chemistry would go to um if you have S A B C D E F, so if for you chemistry is S, I'm assuming. Let's just let's just do it from A to E a, probably okay. this time. So for you, if chemistry is A, I would put it into, uh, so B, it, it is high enough because I respect natural sciences. Yeah. Well, let's wait. But, wait. Let, let's let's do it a bit differently because uh, we can obviously do it as the sciences, right? So, how important is chemistry? And obviously, then all the sciences would be an S tier, right, or A tier. We're yeah, doing yeah. this rather like uh, currently we're grading school subjects. So, uh, yeah. based for, for on personal prism. Yeah, yeah. Personal prism can be applied, but like uh, how based on how the subject you have experience in different schools, so okay, that's so even better. Is it, is it, is how is it like the the quality of teaching? That's uh, right. And, and how and they, important and how much things can you actually apply? Apply in life. Uh, okay, okay, life. sure. Sorry, uh, I, I think I uh, now we if we have agreed on these two parameters, then uh, it will be easier if, if we choose certain metrics. So yeah, it's yeah, easier yeah. To, to start. So yeah, to just to to repeat what I've just said, it's uh, how the subject it is usually study uh, uh, taught in schools or rather in Estonian schools, because we studied there, and uh, how important it is in the sense that the school program, what the subject gives to you, how can you apply that uh, during your studies or after you finish school? So for me, uh, based on those parameters, chemistry would be somewhere in the C, even somewhere between uh... B and C, because uh, I don't think chemistry, maybe even, yeah, it's C, because chemistry is not taught very well in Estonian schools, because most of the schools do not have uh, the proper equipment to make people uh, to make students interested they don't have the proper labs 
it's mostly theoretical chemistry and like theoretical chemistry you can only apply in your life as much because when you see all the you know you see just uh, lots of different letters like lots of different uh, numbers under it and you're like i'm looking at this formula and i've heard this because i've helped some of the uh, my students not my students some of my friends for example to do some chemistry tasks and very often i've just heard this i don't understand what's going on which is a great uh, life uh, sentence in the sense that i don't understand what's going on but in chemistry it's applied very often Man, like, that, that I, is I, the, I, the thing i ask myself every day as a physicist yeah yeah what what is going on but in chemistry students very often uh, say it so like i see this i don't know what it is and obviously then if you don't even know uh, like uh, the same neutralization re reaction right when uh, for example an acid reacts with a base right you can just learn how it is uh, written on the paper but you cannot apply it when you actually yeah. need to do something and uh, the simplest reactions do occur in our lives and we sometimes just uh, like uh, need to use acetone for example right you might know that when you see the formula of acetone you might not even know that it's acetone you will just be taught that it's like two comma uh, two dimethyl or whatever i don't remember the formula of acetone but you might not even know that this is acetone and i think chemistry sadly as a subject it should be a tier right s tier whatever but uh as based on our parameters as uh, how it's taught in schools and how can students apply it in real life oh god it's either c or even d now thinking about but, it but uh, I, I should uh, really uh, squeeze in my two cents because uh, it depends on the schools um, i was in a more uh, in, a, in a better position because in um, in the estonian school uh, so i went to this Tallinn secondary school of science which is more focused on the stem subjects you know for my high for the last three years of my school experience and they had we had labs every week, uh, once a week in chemistry, so we could really apply stuff. So um, and I felt the uh, although I've done chemistry the, I think for two or three years in uh, in in the same school as you did, so we went to the same school as Daniel. Uh, I went to the same school as Daniel uh, before going to the uh, Estonian speaking school, um, and that was uh, yeah. I remember we didn't have that many experiments, but I'm not sure what was your experience uh, in the further years, but from what you were saying i i'm assuming that you didn't really have that many experiments no so it depends on the school that that's what i'm trying to say uh, but uh but i agree in general that it is i feel like chemistry is should be more experimental than uh physics and mathematics and so on because it, if it, maybe you have seen on the internet where you have like a spectrum of of uh, how rigorous the subject is you start with philosophy then mathematics then physics then chemistry biology psychology sociology then you go to arts and so on so mm -hmm. there's like a spectrum of 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 how rigorous uh, yeah. and or or how theoretical and experimental stuff is so i'm assuming chemistry is more on the experimental side so i agree that um it makes much more sense because the the idea why you come up with these uh, chemistry notations with this reaction formula, it's not just to memorize and have nice numbers to plug in. It, it is to actually predict. Uh, in general, in sciences, you come up with these theories and these um, mathematical uh, ideas, and especially with uh, reactions. Uh, in chemistry, you come up with these ideas to predict how much stuff you need uh, of, of, say, chemical A, chemical B to get chemical C. And that, uh, that is what you predict. You, you see how different 
chemical elements react and so on. Cool, I see it on paper, but does it actually work in practice? And I think uh, that's where experiments kick in to show you the full potential of the uh, scientific method. That first you have the uh, hypothesis, but in our case, you know, it should be true because the that's the what 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 the textbook says. It's been tested for hundreds of years usually, but. Uh, what schools should be aiming for is not just uh, crunching the info, uh, the textbook information. It should be you should reinvent science from the scratch, from the basics, and uh, you shouldn't be treating a, for, a formula, I guess, like uh, um, in any uh, subject as if oh, it's a given. That that's the truth. That's the misconception I see many people have uh, outside the science community that they believe that science is rock solid. They they, uh, this is absolute truth that you written, but it's not. It's actually quite quite often you. Uh, uh, it is approximation to some extent that can apply to only certain uh, circumstances and so on. And you before just believing it, you should assess it critically. You should think why, what, where do these, where do all the parameters come from? Where does it apply? And well, then you should test it experimentally as well. You should. Uh, put the chemicals together, and you should see. Oh, this is this is what I expected. I see an exothermal reaction. That makes sense because uh, uh, the, the, the because now now the the chemicals uh, have reduced uh, uh, the, their overall energy has reduced, so they have to release heat. Uh, and, and and that um, and when you see it, that helps you to create uh, the picture in your head that communicates with reality. Well, closer to what is happening in the in, uh, in the reality, and I think that's the beauty of STEM subjects in general in school. That that's the uh, another issue I want to address is that quite often. How many fucking issues? Yeah, go ahead. Go, I know. Quite often, <laughs> quite often, uh, school students say, "Why do I need chemistry, physics, mathematics? How do I apply it uh, in life?" It's not obvious how to apply it, but I think one of the main points here is that you learn how to. Uh, deal with reality on reality's terms. So, the way how you learn stuff, you do experiments, you 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 study textbooks, and you create an intuitive picture. When you close your eyes after studying physics, you can imagine uh, what will happen with a ball if you if you roll it down from a curve and so on. And that is, oh, and then you can start imagining more complex things. Well, I don't know how does a uh, electric current work and so on and and that is excellent that it's a very important communication it is so exciting that you can imagine uh, and describe processes happening in nature with your mind in in your head and and the clearer picture you have the better uh, you can communicate with reality and you can apply these these ideas in other um, aspects of life in relationships if you have a clear idea why uh, my par partner for example is sad instead of uh, assuming oh she she's just had she's uh, whining a bit. no uh, sometimes usually uh, a better uh, clear idea usually well sometimes she could be whining but usually a clear uh, picture would be to, to create a hypothesis in your head oh why, uh, why, why she's whining? Maybe there is a certain reason, and you start building hypothesis and intuition. You, you create a narrative. It, people tend to think in narratives, and uh, this scientific, uh, and, and then you start think trying to reassess your model of the world 
And if you speak with the reality and relative terms, you, you tend to make better predictions. You become successful, more successful in relationships in your career and so on. And I think that's one of the lessons that uh, some sub subjects promote is that you learn how to uh, create intuitive models of the world, which can be applied outside STEM subjects as well. And also you train your mind to think critically and uh, logically, which is uh, also a big deal. Yeah, well, uh, I think uh, this might be cut out as a complete clip, you know, uh, and put in as, uh, you know, the chemistry in, in schools. Let's get through back to school uh, segment, like, yeah. let's give just two quick reasons, reasons and just uh, frame it. So I think chemistry for you is which one out of A to E? Uh... So, uh, is is it in terms of Estonian schools, right? How yeah. it's taught? Uh, I I think it's uh, B. All right. Well, I'll go with I'll go with B. All right. Fine. Because I love chemistry. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's I think it's still C. But uh, uh, what about physics? Uh, just uh, two quick one, two quick reasons, and the the mark. Fuck well. man, that hurts me. But physics for me is like. Uh, I think I would put chemistry lower if I were more invested uh, invested in this. And I think, but since I was invested in physics, oh man, I in in the Russian school, I just feel like the textbooks are so dull in physics. They just give you the formulas, and then you just plug in the numbers to find the formula, uh, find the answer, and you don't learn the intuitive picture. So I think the textbooks, uh, at least used in Estonia, are so usually were quite boring and i feel like it's c probably but yeah. but they, i was happy when i went to Southern school i had uh, well I, i'm grateful for uh, a teacher in a uh, russian school that she uh, uh, she gave me uh, access to extra stuff and uh, and uh, in the starting school, the, the teacher was very enthusiastic. Oh, well, uh, the, the, there were plenty of enthusiastic physics teachers, and that's great. So in terms of teachers, it's great, but the textbook and the content of physics, man, uh, in, in schools could have been done so much better and so much more engaging. So I feel I feel it's a C because of how what was the school program of physics. Yeah, I agree. I'll just put the C based on the, the same ideas because I, I was never invested in physics because uh, due to the reasons that you've stated, because in, in textbooks, it's just formulas and formulas. And even though all of those uh, like subtopics, like optics, like uh, mechanics, they're so interesting that then can, they can be easily applied in the real world. You just didn't see the connection between the real world and those textbooks and formulas. And that, yeah, that just takes it away. So I'm going to agree on the C one. I think uh, the next one uh, in our list that I have uh, right here uh, uh, is maths, maths. And I would just uh, go straight in. And uh, I had a great experience with maths. I'm going to say that because we had a wonderful teacher and uh, she was also quite enthusiastic. And she tried always to like uh, tell some stories uh, that uh, somehow are connected to maths. And she always tried to explain why is it important. And obviously there are a lot of topics in math that uh, when you're studying it, you're like, ah, how will I need it? Like, why would I need these formulas? Like, I'm never going to use it. I want to become an actor, right? But uh, still a lot of this stuff, it trains your brain, right? It trains your logic. And uh, I think maths, at least in the school that I was in, was taught quite, quite wonderfully. So for my experience, I would put it, uh, I think, A minus 
would be because uh, some obviously it could be better it could be better and uh, i don't know i'm not into the school program so i don't know what the teachers are given us to like teach maybe that could uh, get some work but from my experience i would put it as an a minus man maths goes with the same uh, as physics a bit better because uh, well i was uh, happy lucky my teacher in uh, in my estonian school was uh, well, was also very good, and I uh, really appreciate the fact that he wasn't following a textbook. He was just giving us. He was writing from uh, uh, using his own notes, and he was uh, he had his own material. He wasn't using the textbook directly. He was uh, he had a very system systematic way how to uh, teach maths, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, he also, <clears throat> uh, and we mainly. Uh, with the most of the time we were solving stuff at the lesson and i think that's how math should be done math shouldn't be mainly uh some of the parts should be giving you know, you should be learning the machinery and the tools of mathematical tools but i think mostly it should be in special schools it should be problem solving and so similar thing goes with physics but in general i just feel like man i know that most people aren't that interested in, uh, in, in maths in general but i feel math the the school mathematics skips a very crucial bit of maths. It's in school you mainly spend time computing things. Uh, you do computational math. You solve formulae. You solve uh, equations. You, you you draw stuff. Uh, you do graphs and plots. But that is such a that's not the whole math. You, I feel like school doesn't provide enough emphasis on mathematical proofs, because this is the essence of math. This is what lies at the heart at Hertz of math uh, that is uh, you, because I feel like that's one of the reasons why I wasn't as successful on the mathematics competitions during school although I was uh, math mathematics for me during school was uh, quite easy and I didn't spend uh, I did I never studied uh, school mathematics at home because it it was enough to apply logic to do stuff uh, uh, and you I didn't have to like um, to to practice it on my own uh, well i guess it was linked with physics experience and so on because i already had that practice from physics so i for example i learned derivatives from physics before i learned derivatives from mathematics so i could have i, I could link that stuff but the thing is what i'm trying to say that mathematics uh, in school d d should not avoid uh proofs theorems axioms because i think that that is what lies at the heart of the math and also i think i, I it also avoids the play of mathematics. What the uh, how how uh, I don't know. I, I just felt like mathematics is just quite often in school. It it ends up just a routineous calculations. What's the grade that you would put? Uh, I I feel like uh, it, it is B because it's harder to make math bad as physics. It's easy to make physics bad. Uh, so, uh, but it's harder to make maths bad in, in school. Right. So uh, it goes to B, but uh, my teachers were amazing that uh, I'm just talking about the general national content is my issue. What, 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 what the Ministry of Education decides to study and focus on in schools, that, right. that's my issue. So I think we both can agree that uh, mathematics in school should be just uh, an academic hour, right? A 45 minutes of just solving Sudokus. Am I correct? 
Oh, completely, yes. Correct. All right. And I, I'm good the way I agree. Proving, uh, discussing methods of Sudoku and proving uh, well, uh, the mathematical structure of Sudoku. That's right. That's uh, right. All right. So chemistry, physics, and maths are the... That's right. So uh, chemistry, physics, and maths are the three subjects that we are mostly connected to. That's why we've talked uh, quite prevalently about it. Uh, and a lot as well, uh, but uh, let's move on and just to rush through the other ones because we probably are not connected that much to them. Uh, geography, and I think with these subjects, with this and the, the next ones, I think we should uh, add one more thing we're basing it on, and it's importance of the subject. Like, how necessary is it for students to take it seriously. And I think geography... Oh man, I would grade physics and maths then uh, higher a bit, probably. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah. I don't know. No, the importance but, 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 uh, of first well, three cannot be understated. I'll stick to that, uh, it's fine. Yeah, so, okay, geography... Um, okay, so, so, geography, man, I hated learning soils. Who the f*** knows, uh, needs to learn the soils? Well, that is the content that we want. <laughs> nobody nobody cares about the importance of physics. We came here to, to f*** on geography, right? Right, well, I'm gonna rant about it for... Uh, give me 15 seconds, right? Geography, a uh, fun subject, right? And we need to learn the countries and uh, what's happening in the world. That's very important because uh, when you watch videos where uh, people just come up to different strangers on the street with, with a microphone, which I think it's quite... A thing to do but still they do that and they ask like uh name five european countries and um then the lad says uh, australia that is fun right that is funny and that's why that's that's why geography needs to be there but right the, the but, geography but the, the, these videos you have to be critical i think they just they ask like hundreds and pick only five worst probably so, yeah yeah, but, yeah yeah just for the content but the mere right? existence of such people uh it's probably an indicator of um uh... Yeah, I, I, I agree. But uh, for example, in Estonian courses of uh, geography, yeah, you spend so much time on really useless stuff. Like, yeah, you, you, you enjoyed the studying of soils, didn't you? Uh, and there are yeah, a lot of uh, different topics that, uh, why well, I cannot name them right now, because I remember they were there, but <laughs> I didn't pay attention at all, because I knew that it was going to be like, wh why would I know it? Like, why would I even bother, right? That's why, yeah, for me, geography, the importance, uh, it is important in the, some topics, but uh, maybe you can do it as a course, not like as a full full subject. For me, for me personally, I enjoyed uh, to study the demographics and um, I enjoyed studying. Uh, so for, for me, it was interesting to study how uh, and, and, and to study how, how different populations the statistics of populations in different countries uh, at different regimes. For, so, for example, in, uh, in in developing countries, you would have like a, uh, you, you will have a lot of young people and very little old people. But in older uh, developed European countries, you will have lots of uh, uh, a significant, uh, significantly more old people than young people. So that that's the part I enjoyed. I also enjoyed comparing like the climates, different parts of the world to see what's happening in the rainforests or in tundra. That uh, that was clear. I, I enjoyed in geography to study how life is different in, in, in how stuff is different all over the uh, in different parts of the globe. And I think that's uh, that expands your. Uh, your mind and then you know what um, what it, it becomes I guess uh, also a bit more exciting to travel because uh, you you start noticing different uh, things uh, given the machinery you learned in, in, in geography.
Yeah, I think we should. Uh, we'll we'll save so one for B, the last. But B let's here. B tier. I'll I'll go with the B tier. I'm gonna agree with that. Let's go and just bliss round, right? Just no explanations yeah, given. Okay, sure. Boom. Woo! Right. Uh, let's go. Music in school. The importance. How it's taught. Most people hated it because they had to uh, memorize a lot of classical pieces. I liked it. I would give it a B tier. Right. Well, uh, I think it very much depends on how it's taught. Uh, when it's just uh, singing and it's not like the subject that some students uh, are losing their gold medals because because they can't sing and the teacher's like you have to sing if that doesn't happen then you're just yeah it's just uh, somehow to broaden your world of view then yeah it should be like somewhere in the b area i, I enjoyed learning about the different periods of of uh, classical music which i wouldn't uh, care about otherwise and uh, that that i I'm grateful that uh, it gave me some picture or a historical perspective and cultural pers perspective on the uh, on the past, but yeah. uh, sometimes it was a bit dull. Uh, the feeling that oh, I have to memorize all all all, all of that stuff just for a test. Like sometimes I couldn't really enjoy the piece. I just thought oh, I need to memorize these twenty pieces, uh, the names of 20, uh, these twenty or thirty pieces for the test, and that was a bit dull. But uh, I I like the historical perspective. Yeah, well, sometimes with music, it's fun because uh, when it's uh, people who actually attend music school and then they're like, the subject is too boring for them, but those, but the other part usually doesn't care about all the classical music and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like... You miss the both, both audiences. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it's enough. Let's go with the, let's go with the arts and, and drawing. And I can say that I am probably the worst person ever to talk about it because I cannot draw and I never understood arts in the sense of uh, how it's portrayed on the paper and what is good art, not in the musical sense, but uh, I'm talking exactly about drawings and I, I never got it, so I do not feel like I could say anything uh, use, useful here for me personally. It's like D. It can be there, but it can. It may not. I don't really care. <laughs> okay, for me personally, I really enjoyed arts because it it, it also provided a cultural perspective of stuff. Uh, I learned different styles, and well, we also presented one piece of art. Uh, every, uh, uh, every classmate had to present their own uh, piece of art in. Uh, inspired by one of the um by uh one of the styles and i, oh, I did fun. one my, my on one uh um how's it called pop art uh and it it, it was uh, quite fun and the teacher was great but i don't can't place it that high because i don't think that this thing can be quite applicable in uh in life but uh, i think in general it, it is just useful to have the big perspective on the culture and history and why for example you see architecture that you see outside on the streets why when you go to museums people worship and and uh, you know, are ready to give su such great amounts of money for contemporary art so uh, it, it just gives you a perspective and you just uh, uh, you avoid there's higher chance that you avoid being a uh, uh, an, an ignorant idiot so uh, i think that's a c tier for me all right. And uh, what about English as a subject? For me, it's Fuck. it's A, because uh, like in Estonia, t learning English, it's quite on a high level usually. And I mean, in in 2021, it's uh, in 2021, it's uh, very important to know English because uh, so I think it's the importance is weighing in very, very, very highly. And uh, I mean, how it's taught, it's, it's fine. So, like this depends very much uh, 
from the teacher because if she or he are just uh, teaching it yeah as you know open the book do this exercise and and memorize the words right then it's quite meh but uh i would give it uh, i think an a tier here because so it is important in terms of uh, application, I agree with you. That's the w- one of the most important subjects because I wouldn't be able to study in, in the UK if I didn't learn English, have learned English. So in, it's like the highest of, in terms of uh, applicability is one of the highest, but because it can be directly applied, obviously. But in terms of how it is studied, I don't think that languages are best learned in classrooms. I think the best way to learn languages is to uh, speak with actual natives and practice it. And I, what I hated about languages in general is that you spend so much time learning grammar. But I think what in rules, but what is more important is to, I think, learn the basic of vocabulary and try to, and it is sometimes vocabulary on its own is already sufficient to uh, to get a thought across to a native speaker. And and then grammar is is what just links these things uh, to to make the communication uh, more more uh, to systemize the communication, and uh, I I feel like uh, for me English school helped sure but YouTube social media uh, video games uh, English books that that was also uh, complementary to this so I can't really attribute all all lang- uh, english skills just to just to school um so i guess um for me it is uh b tier it's high because it's very useful but it is lo- not a because i don't think that the natural environment for languages is a classroom all right well yeah if we had to put it in a tier list and i would probably agree with you in, the, in that sense that yeah somewhere it's useful but yeah the classrooms is not the best way so b I think is uh, a great choice for it. Uh, I think let's take uh, two more and just quickly just give the grades because this segment has been going for for way too long. Uh, so history, I think A for history in the sense that it's important to know what happened in the past, to know what's happening in the present and what is going to happen in the future. And for me, it was taught wonderfully. Uh, I know at some schools it's a bit weak, which is which is sad. But uh, overall, the subject gets an A from me. Man, I for, uh, I think history is a very important subject, and I think uh, especially uh, it's interesting to see, for example, that people in the UK they know so little about the Soviet Russia and about uh, communist regimes. But uh, they but despite this, they uh, they say that there are plenty of people who uh, support uh, communism, and I think that's uh, that's. It, they would have a better perspective if they had that hi- more th- uh, of that historical perspective as well. But that, that's another subject. What I'm trying to say is that history is important to have historical pers- perspective to, to things because before you go to protests well, under certain ideologies, you have a better picture where certain ideologies can lead to. You also have uh, historical perspectives, how people lived in the past and how does it compare to the present. That's interesting. But my personal experience, I my history teacher was great but he was stressing too much and we had like uh some uh tests uh like a couple times a week he was testing our knowledge all the time and it was a bit stressful and i also felt that in estonian schools we spent like a year i think uh, approximately a year devoted just to the estonian history and i don't get why you should why 
I, I understand we are born in, in, in the geographical location of Estonia and so on. So we have to devote extra attention to this. But in the modern world, uh, uh, it's, I think, would be more useful to allocate this time to some uh, global issues. For example, I know very little about Chinese politics. I know very little about the Asian politics, although the, these places are massive. There's loads of people living there. I don't know much about uh, I, I uh, Southern American politics. Uh, I think that the, there are some topics that we skipped over, but they seem to be so significant on the global scale of things. While we spend time uh, learning about a place where only a million people live, um, and um, so I, I feel history is important, but. I am afraid that it uh, it's very easily influenced by uh, by the ideologies in the country that you're brought up and uh, and also history tends to and uh, uh, ends up just making you remember facts and dates and avoids the critical analysis and I would like to see more critical analysis in in history classes. Um, so for me, it is. Uh, a B tier high because it's import very important in terms of application, but low uh, because uh, of the topics it focuses on. Yeah, well, you mentioned the Estonian history. I think uh, the whole well, kind of the problem with that is that there are a lot of conservatives and uh, of of an older age, let's say, so that uh, uh, care very much about uh, traditions and. Uh, this does not translate to the younger generation. Yeah. Which, is it for the better or is it for the worst? It's not for us to decide, right? But I think that's just the way that they want the traditions of Estonians just to somehow uh, still be there and be engraved yeah. in the younger generation's minds, which is probably not the best choice because we have to move on. Like we do have to know the history of Estonia, but yet dedicating the full year is quite quite crap yeah. and tradition itself i've heard uh, i've seen a wonderful uh, picture uh, what is tradition right the description right in a in a uh, uh, just a vocab like what tradition is and the wonderful explanation was it it's uh, it's a peer pressure from dead people <laughs> which 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 i think i think it, it, i think it's wonderful cuz cuz it's it's so true it's it's a word that like yeah, I follow my traditions, but if you think about it, I mean, peer pressure from dead people is uh, it's such a good explanation for it that uh, it's funny, but sad, but true. Sad, yeah, but true. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, th I feel like traumas and traditions can uh, overlap very easily. For example, you can have uh, dead people uh, trauma experiencing traumas can translate into the future. For example, I suppose the occupation trauma, it, it was a horrible thing that uh, uh, that people were uh, so some people were sent off to gulag during the occupation but uh, but uh, so sometimes these things from the past translate through the generations as if uh, it was a trauma of the new generation although it is not as relevant as it is and um, uh, Another example of it is the Holocaust. I mean, it's a very horrible thing, uh, but uh, there are examples where people change their lifestyles. In, in Brooklyn, there, uh, there is a community, a Jewish community where people are brought up as if the Holocaust is the main concern of their lives uh, in, uh, in, in ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities. And they uh, have the idea that they have to repopulate 
all the uh, uh, lost Jewish lives during the Holocaust. And I'm, I'm just not sure if it is the healthiest idea to, uh, to put all that pressure of such a horrible trauma on, on uh, new generations. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not the healthiest approach. But you know what, what a healthy approach is? Healthy approach is listening to music. And uh, I would like to ask you, as we smoothly roll in to our next segment, which is uh, going to be, oh, I forgot the name, but I need it for the graphic. Week. It's on repeat. On Let's repeat. Go. Let's on go. repeat. Yeah, so that's, uh, we're going to share some songs that we listened to recently uh, very often and that we, we enjoyed. So I'm just going to put in my playlist and see which songs are there. So I'm going to start off as, uh, well, I listen to hip hop most of the time, some, some, some jazz, some pop music as well, uh, mostly, mostly English and uh, American, I mean, in English language. And so uh, Drake released a, a three track EP, if you can call it that. And the Lemon Pepper Freestyle is a wonderful song with, uh, with Rick Ross. Uh, it's, I think it's six minutes long. And it just has the sample that was taken from, I think it was taken from a Norwegian band that are relatively unknown. But there was uh, the vocalist who just sang this uh, beautiful melody with the words, like just two phrases are taken from that uh, recording, which has, I think, like 10K views on YouTube, which is mm. nothing compared to the global scale of uh, Drake's music. And he t took that, made a sample out of it. Again, sorry. It's called a lemon pepper freestyle. Lemon pepper freestyle. Yeah, so it's it's a My very. My friend cool loves song. lemon pepper. Ah, uh, well, that's good for him. He can listen to the freestyle and freestyle over lemon pepper. Uh, so that uh, the scatter brain uh, is the next song uh, featuring Ludacris and JID, made by Conway the Machine, and uh, yeah, the scatter brain. Uh, I don't think I enjoy Ludacris's verse so much. So it's like half of the song is very cool, and uh, the second half is like it's it's there, but JID's verse is. Oh, top class and the style of it is also cool so that is from the latest conway the machine album uh where i think in one song he sampled uh, a commentator from wwe in the song sister abigail which i was like listening to it. what that is cool that is cool i didn't know the connection of uh, these two parts of uh parts of music and wrestling, but that was cool. So Scattered Brain is my favorite uh, of this project. Do you have anything to share while I search yeah, for I've other? been listening a lot of, uh, these tracks are not new, but uh, I've been listening a lot of to Sigur Ross. Um, so I guess every week we're going to be uh, splitting, like Daniel gives you the hot new tracks and I'm going to be giving uh, some um, uh, oldies because uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the person that's, uh, are, are, is, is, on the uh, front line of music, so I'm uh, I'm a more uh, uh, a boomer. Uh, so um, I've been listening also to Sigur Ross uh, this week, and I really love that song Hoppy Pola. It's like man, that piano is so smooth. Jeez. So what's the what's well, the main what's the main style of? It, it is the style that the, uh, it, the people refer to them as post rock. It's, it, this is something that, like you when musicians use the rock elements like guitars and so on and the guitar effects, uh, but they write a bit go a bit further and they write something closer to symphonic music. 
and uh, the, the singer Ross, uh, the main singer uh, sings in, uh, they're from Iceland, and I think the main singer sings in uh, Icelandic. And um, and it's and the, that language uh, sounds like it, uh, it sounds very magical, and and uh, I would love to go to Iceland. I think they released one of the albums, uh, which has which lasts for twenty four hours, and uh, they uh, and it is dedicated to a round trip around Iceland, and so uh, and the these songs are like an impression of what you see and what you experience when you travel in Iceland. And oh, one of my dreams would be to go to Iceland one day and uh, maybe maybe meet Sigurd Ross live in Iceland. That would be amazing. That is cool. That is cool. Uh, I think I'm going to just uh, choose three more tracks to make it five in total. So one of them is... Uh, uh, make it uh, make it five. Uh, yeah, one of them is uh, Bad Bunny with his track Booker T, which is not a it's not a recent track. I think the album was released a couple of months ago. But Bad Bunny, uh, I discovered him of because of the song Booker T because it's about a WWE superstar. And I was like invested, you know, I'm gonna listen to that. But it's it's like hip hop, obviously in Spanish, so I do not understand a word that he's saying. But the the feel and the beat, the instrumental of it is just so catchy; it's ridiculous. And the Bad Bunny himself, he was at this year's WrestleMania, and he's not a wrestler, but he wrestled a match, which was, I mean, if you didn't know he wasn't a professional wrestler, you wouldn't have told, because he just he trained for a couple of months and he looked like a superstar. <laughs> so that that uh, introduced me to him. Uh, one more track is from a Swedish producer called Erling with his track Questions is one that I've uh, discovered recently. I don't even know what, what style it is because uh, I've been uh, learning some mixing courses and this uh, this guy who's teaching me the... That is the, a mixing beast. A mixing beast, yeah. And the man who was teaching me mixing, he was just showing uh, which reference tracks did he use and he chose this uh, Questions by Erling and I was like, whoa. This is cool because uh, Erlin's main, um, I'm just getting into his music, but uh, his instrument of choice is saxophone, which he uses to make those kind of, uh, you know, very catchy instrumentals of different, different genres. So uh, the way that he uses saxophone, because I'm used to jazz saxophone, right? Just instrumentals, uh, just different jazz scales. But the man uses saxophone in a completely different manner, but it, it sounds it sounds cool. And the fifth track, and the last, I think, uh, I'm just, I've critiqued the album itself, but I mean, Willem uh, Drillim's song Tund und Nie, featuring uh, Heleza, it's a track that I've, I have been listening from this album, so it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful three minutes of music, so I think uh, I recommend you check in the entire album for yourself, but if you just have the time for one song, make it, make it this one. I think the video for it is already out as well. Which is whoa snakes, so you can uh, you can check that out, and uh, that was it for me. Do you have any more music that you would like to shine uh, um, bright lights upon? No, I'm good. I think I'm gonna stick to to uh, one the, this week. All right, so Sigur Ross, it is Sigur Ross. All right, very cool. Uh... So uh, now uh, the next and final segment is going to be down the black hole. Oh God, down the black hole. So uh, the, this segment we name uh, stuff that should stop existing, that we're gonna uh, throw into black hole and forget That's about right. it, and then, then the world will be a better place. That's right. So one of the things is eating cereal for breakfast. 
Uh, Daniel may disagree with this one, but man, why do you eat dessert as a, as a, as a meal, and the whole meal is just dessert? It, it is basically just sugar. And, uh, yeah, but it's it's sugar with milk though, and it's it's basically a soup, but it's sweet. So you're like, you know what? I'm enjoying something sweet, and I'm also eating an actual meal. So it's not like just the it's not a real meal. It's not very nutritious. Um, you porridge or oats is uh, much more nutritious. On the other hand, it has more protein and fiber, and um, and less sugar. Yeah, well, it, unless you put lo loads in it. So uh, it's just for me, it's weird that cereal seems to be the most popular breakfast in uh, uh, in European countries and uh, in the US. And and uh, I feel that it, it should, breakfast should be rather something like porridge, oats, or or or, or some eggs, or some also some sandwiches, which is much more healthy. So right. I, I know people may disagree, but for me personally, cereal breakfast, cereal is fine as a dessert if you eat it like a snack, but as a meal, it can go into black hole. Okay, well, I, I couldn't disagree more, but uh, this is this is your part of the segment, so it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, all right, cereal, I, I don't have any, any, uh, any right to get it out of the black hole because whatever went into a black hole is staying there unless forever. you want to get there as well oh i'm not gonna go there i hope you'll not nominate my my candy ass because uh, th the one thing that i'm gonna send down to straight down the black hole uh, is the concept of podcasts because uh, oh, i think <laughs> yeah yeah because podcasts right everybody is doing podcasts and it's ridiculous it's so yeah. such, an, such an oversaturated market like they if think I... that their opinion matters that's right so, so like two two guys just uh hang around together and like oh we're going to start a podcast and people are going to actually well, listen because our opinion matters we can't huh? just go to therapy and express our emotional issues there so that's we're gonna right. talk uh and and release stuff and uh, and seek attention instead that's right we're gonna put our cameras we're gonna call up on zoom and talk about something that nobody cares about like like music or science that's ridiculous so the concept of podcasts goes straight black hole no but for real oh, it's... that I, I i agree completely no but for real though <laughs> not in this sense yeah obviously that's the self-deprecation at its finest but uh no, that was that was a joke. But if you were to send podcasts, there are some reasons why you should do it. Because yeah, obviously everybody is trying to do it, and uh, it's like it's not the easiest thing to do. Well, obviously everybody can call up on yeah. Zoom and just do it, but it actually takes time to like prepare it. And if you don't know how to how to speak properly, then well, this is uh, gonna be atrocious. And some people who are just starting out with podcasts, they're like, let's just talk, and they are not preparing anything, and they're like. Ah, uh, it's crap. And then if it's like if it's like a pair of best friends, right? As we are, or is it if, if it's like actual professionals in their field? So like, uh, I, I love one podcast. Uh, I love one podcast which is uh, about uh, astronomy, about the universe, and they're actual astrophysicists who are quite entertaining themselves. They're speaking about it. They're answering uh, question uh, questions for, that were asked of them. How's it called? Ah, uh, it's uh, it's called. I forgot the name. Uh, it's. Uh, Wait, I forgot the Jorge and Daniel explain the universe. It's the name. I listened to it like a couple of months ago. I think religiously every day because I was like, "Whoa, these lads are speaking cool, cool stuff and very in in a cool fashion as well." 
Awesome. So, well, I should check it out. It seems to be uh, relatable. For me, if I had to, to pick a podcast that I like, I enjoy listening to Lex Friedman because he invites uh, interesting uh, guests which are related to other science directly or engineers or or political thinkers or writers. I, and I've been recently listening to Michael Malice and Yaron, uh, I think his family was Brooke, uh, uh, podcast, and they were just uh, arguing about anarchy, about communism and fascism, and they were, uh, and, and uh, it was very refreshing to uh, see uh, different political views from what we usually hear and um and they, they they just think very clearly and they structure their thoughts well and uh, i enjoy it and so lex friedman that, that's what i like well to end up uh do you have anything to plug which will uh, be on a neck uh, something interesting that people would look forward to on the in the following week in the following week we are going to do more crazy random sh- we're going to talk about unacceptable topics. We are going to get naked on camera. This We're going is, to uh, have sex without this is very, a condom. This is under consideration. This is this is not. Uh, uh, we are going not to fake start an OnlyFans. We are going to start only ventilators. We are going to talk about uh, how we should burn. This is the first podcast, and you've already made us uh, be cancelled. How do you feel about it? I I, I feel happy. I, I feel like I'm achieving something. Uh, at least at least I matter at some point. You know, it's like being the guy who burns the Alexandria Library or being the guy who starts the, the prick. All right, the Alexandria Library. What a prick, right? Like there's a library that contains so but... much precious information. They was like, throw it down. How much but... of an actual t- do you have to be to I'm like actually not sure if it's, it was somebody who actually put in a fire well if it was if it was then he's a twat if it's an accident then the one who let it happen is a twat because that is ridiculous well uh i don't mind being a twat but if i can make people talk about me in a thousand years sure l- let's go let's go <laughs> yeah but uh, they they don't know your name right but if we had the library alex i'm actually joking i'm actually there joking. could be there... we're going to be Kids friendly only. We're going to uh, to play Dora the Explorer games with you. We're gonna ask where's the volcano, where's the where's the uh, where's the map uh, uh, here? Can you see the map? And we're gonna we're, we're not gonna slur. We're not gonna use explicit language. We're gonna be a friendly Christian uh, podcast. We're gonna talk about Christian values and, and about how uh, you should be faithful to your siblings. Anyway, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, the library, by the way, ter- returning back to Library of Alexandria, if it wasn't burned down, imagine there might be some very cool nude pictures of ancient Greek women and dude, men. Dude, there is, I think uh, people discovered a caveman drawing of a dick. So I'm, I'm sure that Alexandria would probably have something of, of, of that sort. People were obsessed about dick, and I'm going to say who was especially obsessed about dick. There was a Roman Pope in Vatican, or maybe not the Pope, but some uh, but some religious uh, r- religious professional uh, who, who lived um, many hundreds of years ago. And what he did, he, he took all the Roman statues, um, the old uh, the ancient Roman statues, and he took a little hammer 
and he popped off the small uh, dinguses, the, the, all the knobs of the statues because he thought that was unholy. Mm. So I think just by doing so, he only proves the point how humanity is obsessed about that. And I think in Alexandria Library, uh, there is definitely at least one drawing among, uh, there was at least one drawing of a among all the books. So I've got something to plug as well. And uh, this would be on the 7th of May. Uh, Hasa and Center are doing a huge live show in uh, Facebook Live, and maybe we'll get it to YouTube as well, but that is uh, still not, uh, still undecided yet. But this live show, we're currently preparing for it, and I think this will be a crazy show filled with different explosions, different experiments which uh, have not even been done before by ourselves, and maybe some of them have not ever been seen so it'll be on the 7th of may and more information you can find uh, on aha's facebook page and from there you can just find the link and join because that will be crazy i'm gonna take part i don't know in what capacity yet but i'm definitely gonna be there and uh, this is gonna be mad this is gonna be wild so you you wouldn't want to miss that that's for sure oh okay i i'll ha i have something to plug in as well go ahead uh, go ahead so uh on the on the 5th of may i'm going to uh, sit down on the floor and I'm going to uh, and what would like you to join me and I'm going to sit and think very uh, I'm going to meditate at uh, 9 oh no, 8.30 uh, a.m. Uh, UK time and I want you all sit with me and join me and well, uh, meditation a day keeps delusions away that is very cool. That is very cool. That might be our new catchphrase for the podcast. I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to catch on per se, but uh, it's an all right Actually, one. Actually, I would like to talk about meditation more next time. So uh, that that's jokes aside. That's one actually an actual topic that we might talk. Are you gonna want? You wouldn't want to be sneaky to talking about medica uh, medications, meditation, Medi meditation, <laughs> meditation for for oh. forty five minutes. You wouldn't want to miss that. <laughs> very exciting very exciting anyway uh i think that's till next time uh people have things to do so we we should uh we should finish it uh, right now yes, uh, so i'm going to a russian-speaking society now uh, all right so man has things go to do. meet new people and uh, enjoy the balalaika and bear's company very cool because that's what russian societies are yeah right. i know uh, as, as as a person who grew up in a russian family that that's exactly how it is like that's right, that's right. So thank you very much once again, and it's a goodbye from me. It is a goodbye from me, goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. And it uh, is an even larger goodbye from me. And more and a, and a goodbye from me. See you! See you, bye! bye. Ciao!